Well, hello again. It has been a while since we've done this. My name's Mark. I'm the worship leader at Eden Church. I'm joined today with Daniel Otondo, the lead pastor of Eden Church. And welcome back to the Eden Podcast. It has been a minute. How are you doing, Daniel? I'm doing good. It's been a while. We're back. And we realize that it's easier to do this when we have a lot of extra content to talk about (laughs) after a Sunday because I think sometimes we found ourselves uh, trying to trying to create some content, but I felt like this week was like a really natural time to jump back on the podcast because I think that there was a lot of stuff left unsaid after Sunday's message. Yeah, I actually just looked at the last time we did this and it was October uh, 25th or 26th. So it's been about seven months since we've, since we've done this. So a lot is, a lot has changed. We have, I think we just moved to Blackford. That's true. That may have been the why we stopped. We did this. Part of why we so. stopped doing it. So, Mark, what has changed in your life? What's new in the last eight months that people <laughs> should know about that they may not um, know about? Yeah, a, a you lot. moved. I moved houses. Uh, the band has gotten bigger. It's yeah. been it's been a really good time. We're still at Blackford. That's uh, a, that's a plus. Yeah, because based seven months based on our history. Yeah, we should have moved about a month ago. So we're <laughs> we're breaking records. But yeah, just to um, just to recap, last week we talked about mental health. We've been going through a series called Hope in the Dark, and it's answering the question: Can God be good when life is not? And last Sunday was especially um, cool because we got to bring in different Christian counselors, and we got to talk about things that I feel like aren't normally talked about in church. Um, and I thought it was it was just a really cool Sunday. Um, Daniel, what were your thoughts about it? Yeah, it was it fun. Went? Yeah, it was fun. And I really feel like this uh, series has been fun to address. And I think, you know, I, I've been li- I listen to a lot of communicators on a regular basis. And like one of the trends that I've noticed in some of the communication styles of people who are effectively reaching uh, what we might refer to as like a younger demographic, so someone in their 20s and 30s, the the trend that like I notice in their communication style is that they are kind of coming at it from more of a psychological bent. And I don't know if that makes sense, but a lot of the ways that they're helping people to process what we what we see in scripture is really helping, what they're doing is helping people by shaping the content in a way that speaks into the psychology, to the way that people take care of their minds and the way they see reality. And I think that that is a result of like some of the struggle that our generation is experiencing and trends that we see uh, all across the world. One of the things that's interesting, and I said this a few times, but one of the trends that we're seeing is that um, in almost every country around the world, the rate of suicide is decreasing, but in America, it's increasing. And that's especially true for a lot of city centers. So like a lot of metropolitan areas, there are higher rates of like psychological um, issues that people are wrestling with. And so over the last several weeks, I've, I've, you know, listed out a number of those statistics, but all of it points to like this increasing rise in, um, in mental health issues across the board, almost in every demographic, but especially in uh, the demographic that Mark represents your generation. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's Gen Z exactly or right there on the cusp of being a millennial, Mm -hmm. but, um, but so that's, that's why this series was really fun because I think it was a chance for us to talk about stuff 
that all of us are wrestling with, um, but maybe we just haven't addressed it. And, and mental health, I think, has a pretty negative stigma. And it's weird because, um, because I just think that we don't understand it very much. So I don't know. What, what do you feel like the experience has been over the last few weeks? I thought church. it's been I thought it was really powerful. I think that it was interesting to kind of have a different atmosphere. Yeah. During service, I feel like usually we are pretty uh pretty energetic and yeah. the, and we try to keep it pretty uplifting and inspiring and I I think for me one of the things that I loved um was at the first the first message of the series where you kind of said that something along the lines of it's okay to not be okay. And I think yeah. that has always been hard as someone who is a very much a people pleaser. I think I'm always trying to show that, you know, everything's good. And I think this series has, has uh, reinforced that thought that it's, it's okay to not be okay, that we're all going through stuff and yeah. we don't have to hide it. And it's okay to start talking about those things. And I think that, for me, I've always felt this struggle being up on stage and singing all these songs about how good God is. And then even though internally, sometimes that's not always how it feels or I'm, yeah. I'm struggling with that. So I think it's been good to have that vulnerability and that honesty because I think it's much needed. Yeah, no. And that's interesting. And I hate I hate like when people like label generations. Yeah. But I do think that there is something that is that there are like characteristics that are true about generations just because of like the type of technology that they have grown up engaging with. But I just wonder uh, how, when, when did like social media become a thing for you and like people in your life stage? Was that like eighth grade or was that? Well, I, well there was always like MySpace and things See, like that for, and that was, yes. So it's actually, to me, it's a lot older than it because it's not new. I think it's just, so pervasive now that's so interesting okay so that that makes a lot of sense because i think like what you said yeah. is generally true for most people like we we struggle and like we have this maybe people pleasing nature about us and so we try to make things look good or we try to you know mm -hmm. present ourselves in a certain light but maybe deep inside there's other things that we're wrestling with but i think that that is even magnified for someone who has grown up in a generation where social media has always been a part of their rhythm mm -hmm. because social media lends itself to like projecting like a the the type of you that you want people yeah. to perceive and i think that's even more true with like instagram yeah because instagram is like what i call beautiful people's social media mm -hmm. or like you know it's like nobody's posting stuff about the negative things that are happening. They're not posting ugly pictures. Yeah. And even if they are posting ugly pictures, it's like this planned out yeah. authenticity. It's not real drama most of the time. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's like it is It is reinforcing a negative part about our, our nature that like tries to put up this facade. And it's like making it even more prevalent in how we operate with people in, in like... Uh, online social connections. Yeah. And I think even just the way that social media has been changing, because before it was just, you know, connecting with your friends and you get to share pictures of what you did over the summer and things like that. But now I feel like it's more about advertisement, yeah. advertisement and yep. 
because and now it's like you're trying to show it to people who you don't even know like it's it's told i feel like it's it's different it's very different and like even like the rise of like gary vanderchuk which i i actually love a lot of the content that he Mm -hmm. produces but one of like the big things and it's not new to him but it's one of the things that like he pushes is like this idea of creating your own brand yeah and so you have a bunch of people who are like creating a brand around their lives and so there's there is that pressure to like present yourself from a certain perspective so that you yeah kind of are desirable to the broader culture yeah i i totally think that's true because i if i go back and look at all the things that i post on my social media it's either food and like music and that's pretty much it like it's either me getting tacos with my friends or it's me at a concert or me playing all the things you value yeah most, Mark. exactly <laughs> but so I think, but I, I really do think though that this, uh, this, the last few weeks have been really cool because just because I feel like it's given people a chance to really embrace the fact that you don't have to come to church and you have to just smile and sing yeah. along and yep. hold hands with everyone and pretend that everything's good if it's, and, and I think if it is, and if life is going good, yes, then that's yeah. great. Like we don't have to. I think that was the other thing to balance yeah. is we don't want to tell Listen, you to feel you bad. You guys can't be here good. unless your life is miserable. Yeah. But I also do think like it was cool to see people really start to step in. Like we did an activity a couple weeks ago where yeah. we had a couple rocks and you wrote down one of the things that is like holding you, holding you back or one of your struggles. And you get to leave that at the, at the stage and you're kind of symbolizing that you're walking away from that yeah, and that you're not allowing it to weigh you down anymore. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool just to see the participation with that and to see people being willing to, um, get out of their seat. Cause that is hard. Yeah. To do. That was amazing. Actually. I could, I couldn't believe I was so shocked because I really thought that it was going to be like our leaders and some of the, our volunteers mm-hmm. that would go for it because we've never done anything like that. And Michael, who was our guest speaker that day, you know, had asked us if that would be all right. And I said, absolutely, let's try it. But in my mind, I mean, I wanted to do it, but I just didn't know the type of response that we would get, but it was powerful and so, so revealing um, and, and really it was affirming to what we thought was true about the fact that most of us are walking into that place with some kind of emotional scars in our hearts that we're wrestling with or trying to heal from. But like when we read the responses of people's rocks, yeah. I just thought, man, this is, this is real. Yeah. So yeah, that was powerful. Yeah. That was really cool. And then, so that brings us to last Sunday Yep. and it was really cool because we, like I said, like we got to talk about things that I feel like we don't really get to talk about in church, like counseling and yeah. medication and things like that. So what, I guess either giving us a recap or just expounding on things that you wish you had more time to talk about, like what, what are, what were your thoughts? From yeah. The just in case Sunday? no one had a chance to listen because that's actually not, it's, the message isn't going to be yeah. up on the podcast. So I think this, this message was really born out of like my experience um, with, uh, what has developed in my life over the last few years, and I think it's related to church planting, and it's um, um, related to like a really stressful season of life when we first started. And in that time, I had I developed anxiety. Mm. Um, now I think that I had always kind of worried about stuff naturally by my nature, but I'd never had like physical consequences to my worry. 
until about uh, two years ago, a little over, maybe it was a year, a little about a year and a half ago. So right when the church was, it was probably like six months in, and like we had just like we were like bottoming out. I mean, there was one Sunday where we had like forty people, oh, wow. and I was just like, I don't, I, I really questioned whether or not we were going to make it. And those were like kind of the the negative thoughts that were coming into my head. But at the same time, we had so many wonderful things happening, like our volunteers were amazing and. People were making decisions, and so, so it was kind of that tension. But I remember um, waking up in the middle of the night, uh, actually early Sunday morning at about 3 a.m., and I had a panic attack, and I didn't know what it was. I thought I was having a heart attack, and so woke my wife up, told her, I, I'm, I think I'm going to die, and she said, go back to bed. <laughs> and so I just could not go back to bed. My heart was literally beating outside of my chest. I, I couldn't control it, and the more that it beat, the more nervous I got, the worse it got, and it was just like this downward spiral. So I got up, drove to the nearest emergency room, and had an EKG done, and they said everything, everything looks fine from what we can tell, but, um, but I think that you're, you're in a stressed out season and you're having a panic attack and they were right. Mm -hmm. And so what that was, was like the beginning of a series of, uh, other panic attacks where I, again, drove myself to the emergency room. And it's so crazy because I think, you know, and I even thought this at the time, like, God, how could, how could I be, how could I, I'm planting a church and yet at the same time, I'm struggling with anxiety. I'm not trusting you. But I think like every time you step into something new that that stretches your faith, um, I think what that does is it exposes areas of your life that maybe had had gone unaddressed before. Mm. And so it's like beautiful because I feel like God exposed that area of my life where where maybe I wasn't trusting him with something or maybe I hadn't evaluated like the motivation in my heart. And so anyways, so that that was like the beginning of anxiety attacks for me, which I still have um, anxiety that like mm-hmm. comes on. And it's like even an excite like if I'm excited about something positive or, you know, like wanting to see something happen, I get anxiety in my chest. And I don't even know how to describe it. I may be using the terminology all incorrectly, but um, but the same feeling that I had still emerges uh, now, but I've just learned how to manage it better through breathing techniques and then even just prayer. And, and, but one of the things that I did was I started seeing a counselor and I didn't mention that on Sunday, which I was really frustrated about because I felt like I was telling everybody, yeah, you should go see a counselor. Uh, but in my anxiety, I never went and saw a counselor. I have gone and I've, I've been, uh, um, doing counseling, um, since I started that, started having anxiety. And so it's been so powerful for me, uh, which is kind of what prompted the conversation on Sunday. And it was cool because we got to bring in actual counselors and they got to hang out in the back after. And it was really cool to see people talking to them. We also had a video of a couple of our friends who are also in counseling and they got to share their experience and what led them to start going to counseling and their experience, which was I thought was really cool to hear it from people who were actually going from it and also hearing your experience about it. So what has that experience been like? Like, what have you seen change? What, how's that been for you? Yeah, I think counseling is so amazing. So, so amazing because I think all of us, one, are wounded and we don't know it. Um, And we are sometimes wounded and we think we know it, but we just don't understand the severity of that wound Mm -hmm. or we don't understand the, the impact that, like a past experience has on our habits today. 
And so like a lot of times we operate um, with these deep-seated scars in our life that affect like our current relationships, but we would never ascribe like the relational struggles we're having in life to like these past experiences. But like all of that is tied together. And what happens for most people is like when you go through a traumatic event, um, but you're in survival mode and you don't have time to like process or to grieve properly, you just kind of stuff it down and you keep operating just to do what you have to do to survive. And that's, that's, that makes sense. But what happens over time is that if you keep stuffing stuff down, you become numb sometimes, even like numb to pain. You can't feel anymore. Um, sometimes you you become insensitive to other people's pain because of what you've gone through. And you've never like, I don't know, been able to cry about stuff mm-hmm. or, you know, to, to feel the pain that you've gone through because you just kind of swallowed it, sucked it up and kept moving forward. But what counseling did for me was it it helped me to unpack some of those things in my life that I'd never unraveled. I kind of just moved moved on because I had to. And um, and instead of it like pu- pulled out this wad of unaddressed emotions and pain and began picking it apart and then replaced it with God's truth. Mm. And that was so liberating. So liberating. Yeah. So have you ever done, have you ever had a chiropractor? Chiropractor? No, I have not. <sighs> okay. I'm trying to, that's like the best way that I know how to describe what counseling does for your soul. It's like you go to a chiropractor, you get your back cracked, and you feel so much tension and pain released yeah. from like your inside spirit. Um, and then, and then it just, you feel, it's, it's amazing. Mm. Yeah. And it like changes the way you think about reality. Um, the, even the words that you use, like a lot, a lot of times I use the word I have to, yeah. but that's slave language. Mm. That's like you, by your own words, you're enslaving your heart when actually you choose to do things. Yeah. You're in control and you're responsible for, you know, so stuff like that mm. was just helping me to reshape and reform my thinking and then my habits. Yeah. How is it going? Because it sounds like to me, like it's like that first experience is probably like the hardest because you have to. Uh, like dig out all this stuff that you've been buried that you've been burying for a while. And then does it change the more that you go? Like, because it seems like then it's like, there's like that first initial, like, all right, we got to clean everything out. And yeah. It's probably like the hardest one. And then now is it, is it still different? Like, or how does it? Yeah. I think that it's probably different for different people. Mm-hmm. And actually the first session, you probably don't get to a lot of the real stuff. Mm. Because what you're doing in those early sessions is, is for a lot of people, you're developing a, self, a, 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 a sense of self-awareness that you may not have had before. So I don't know, if have you ever like worked out or you like did some activity and like you wake up in the morning and you're like sore in a place that you didn't even know existed? Mm. You're like, oh man, my, you know, my glute is sore <laughs> or whatever, yeah. like right up at the top. And you're like, I didn't even know there were muscles there. That's kind of what you're developing, mm. in, or at least for me, like how I was developing, is that they were teaching me how to think about my soul and my heart and my emotions and my mind in ways that I had never really known there was a category for. Mm. And so I feel like that's part of like the learning process. And then as you begin to think in those lanes, it, it takes you to a place in your heart that... that 
mm. is there, but maybe you had never had an avenue to get there before. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense. That's no, kind of yeah, ab- that's, that's kind of abstract kind of thinking, but that's what it did for me. Gotcha. Yeah, but it, it's definitely a process. Nice. What's been like your biggest uh, takeaway f- through this whole like experience of, of going to counseling and <sighs> I, on this journey of self-awareness? Yeah, I just think, I mean, for me, I think it's produced a lot of humility. Not to say that I'm humble, but it just has made me like, I don't know, like it is... It, it, someone once said like, like sometimes kids, young, not young people, but like the more inexperienced you are at certain things maybe the more confidence you think you have Mm. but like the more you know the more you know you don't know yeah and i feel like that's what it's done it's like just showing me that man i i don't there there's so much going on in people's hearts yeah that we just have to be gentle and loving and and just being being able to be with people on the process as yeah. they heal, and they're on their own journey of like self awareness, mm-hmm. and I'm on that journey, and it's so beautiful and wonderful. Like I feel like the more that you g- get to know what's happening in your heart, it's like there's these little gifts of gold that God gives you, yeah. because because you could like go your whole life walking with a limp that you don't even know, like, there's a solution to. Like, imagine, like, breaking your leg early on in childhood and then just never putting a cast around it and thinking there's no way to heal that. But then later on in life, you figure out, wow, actually people know how to heal broken bones. Mm -hmm. And you go get it healed, and you're like, oh, my gosh, my quality of life is so much better because someone showed me how to heal this. Mm. That's what I feel like, and maybe in, like, a general sense, it's, like, just the the greatest blessing for Christian counseling. And I think one thing that is really interesting is the fact that you mentioned like Christian counseling, because I think that it was something that we had brought up last week where it seems like stereotypically it's one or the other, like it's yeah. either just science or it's faith and sp- yeah. spiritual. How, how has that been kind of bringing those, those two together? Because in my mind, my idea of like Christian counseling is someone saying like, don't be anxious, like, yeah, always, you know, pray more and all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, there are different schools of thoughts on this. Um, there's a thing called nuthetic counseling, which is basically like scripture based only counseling. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I could be like misrepresenting people who fall into that camp. So if you fall into that camp and I'm saying anything that is not accurate, feel free to shoot me an email because I love that type of feedback to make sure I have the right type of thinking on a p- potential topic, but the way that I understand euthetic counseling is that it's like solely 100% scripture based. And so they don't incorporate a lot of the learnings from the broader, uh, um, Christian, you know, counseling community or, uh, psych, psych, I'm, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but like the psychological community mm-hmm. the, that represents like people who train and learning education through yeah. counseling. So it's euthetic counseling. Um, I, I don't feel like that's bad at all. I think that's wonderful because there's so much truth and wisdom that we gain from scripture, but I don't, I also think that there's so much that we gain, uh, through experience and research that doesn't come from scripture. Now, I think we, we want to make sure that scripture is our guide because it's God's word, but that doesn't limit us from 
developing a knowledge base that doesn't come directly from scripture. Mm-hmm. It comes from experience or research and patterns of, on human social behavior and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, I think that God and there is no, there is no dichotomy or there's no tension between God and science mm-hmm. or God and scripture. I think, uh, even from the very early days, like some of the, the people who developed the scientific theory were people who said, we're, we're developing this method of understanding the world so that we can show how God's truth is, is present in our, mm-hmm. you know, in our world. And so I, lo- I, I think all those things work well together. Nice. Yeah. Yep. So that's kind of my experience. And Mark, you've never been to counseling. I have not, but I think after these <laughs> la- these last uh, few weeks of going through this series and also just, I th- well, for me, backtracking, like I, I do think that I have not, I haven't gone to like official, like licensed counseling, but I'm so glad that I have people in my life that I feel like I've been able to just really yeah. open up to. Yeah. And even that, I think even that in itself is, already a step in the right direction because even just being able to open up is hard because I think that something that I've always struggled with is that dichotomy of feeling like I have to be at a certain place in order to be up on stage feeling like I have I can't you know I have to be fit this standard and I do I do think that that's true yeah but I also think that it's it's also limited me and me not being truly authentic with who I am in terms of like doubts and I that doubts yep. that I have or things that I'm struggling with, but I'm so glad that I have people in my life that I I've gotten comfortable enough to really open up to and share the things that I'm struggling with, and I think that's been super helpful in my in just this journey that I've I've also been going on. So yeah, no, and that's a great first. I think yeah. that's a great point, and that even that is like probably a great first step. Yeah, is like being able to like share. And mm-hmm. get what's inside of you out of you, even if it's not with like a professional counselor, but maybe it's someone who's a good listener yeah. or someone who's self-aware. Yeah. I always tell people Kayla was my first counselor mm-hmm. because she just helped to like ask questions and you know what's wrong or where's that coming from or and and that that really is a lot of what it is is really someone being able to ask you the right questions. Yeah. But that is just to say too, like I do think that after this, these this last month or so, I was like, man, like they're making some really good points. Like yeah. I do think that there's probably a lot of of things that I I'm not even aware of that I probably need to work through. So yeah, yeah, that, that it it is probably a very good uh, service to, to yeah. look into. But and you don't have to be like what we said was like it's not just for people who are going through problems Mm -hmm. because a lot of counseling can be preventative, whether it's marriage counseling um, or um, couples counseling or, you know, family counseling, some of that stuff is preventative. And and I think part of it is also, and we talked about it on Sunday is D you know, destigmatizing that word of therapy or counseling because it's usually like, I think stereotypically it means that there's something wrong with you or that you have some sort of, problem which the truth is all of us do have problems so um but but it's 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 being okay with that Mm -hmm. and doing you know doing something about it yeah the other thing that i think was definitely a challenge where it's like feeling like the problems that you have aren't big compared to some other issues going on in the world yeah it's like oh well i I, that's been my internal dialogue where it's like that's good you know even though i feel like i have these struggles like i have you know i have a house i have 
yeah. you know, yeah. food. So it's like, I can't really, it kind of minimizes the problems that you have. And I do think that is, oh, on one hand, it's good to be aware that, you know, a lot of our problems are first world problems, but I also do think it's not good to just uh, brush them aside because of, you know, you can't compare yep. your struggles with other people either. Yeah, that's so good. And I and I think that, you know, there may be a lot of people in a position where they don't have the resources mm-hmm. to go to a professional counselor. And, um, and I think that, like, maybe in that scenario, um, I think that having close friends that you trust, that you know love you and want the best for you, and you believe they have some godly wisdom, discernment, those those are great people to lean on as a resource um, to help you process and navigate what's happening inside of you. Yeah. So uh, maybe that's your situation. But then also, I guess, you know, we're always available. Our community is always available. Mm-hmm. Um, I always say that pastors are not counselors, and there's a limitation to, like, what, what we can do. But I think that at the end of the day, like, Scripture... And, and God's word and 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 kind of leaning into that um, is the thing that ultimately transforms our heart. Mm. It is allowing for God's spirit to work inside of us. And um, and whether or not you have access to a counselor, um, you know that it's it's God's work in redeeming and restoring our hearts that that brings us to a place of peace and health. Mm. So, yeah, well, it was good getting to be able to record another one of these. Thanks yeah, for your honesty. Yeah. Thanks for sharing uh, about, you know, definitely a really tough time in your life. But I really appreciate your honesty up there on the yep. up, up on stage every week. So, yeah, no, we have a good culture in our church where it makes it really easy for that. I don't even yeah. I'm not even afraid to be open and transparent because I know mm-hmm. the type of community we have. Yeah, so that's awesome. Yeah, it's great. And then maybe we'll do a follow up to this podcast after Mark does <laughs> after Mark does yeah. his session. He may be a completely different person. We totally. don't we don't know what's gonna happen, but uh <laughs> but this was good. I, yeah. I've I've appreciated the series. For sure. Um wrapping up, is there any any last thoughts you want to get in or any Yeah, I think that, you know, there's so much struggle in our world and we beat ourselves up so much. Mm. Like we look in the mirror or we go on social media and we just tell ourselves how horrible we are or how how much we have underachieved in life. And I just think we have to remember that those things are such lies. And they are just so stupid because there is a God uh, that just loves you so much Mm. and came to this world um, knowing that there were people who wanted nothing to do with him because we were his creation and he loves us and he cares for us as as his precious children. And so I hope that you know that, that if that's where you're at today, you know, you're wrestling through depression or uh, maybe you're battling with anxiety. You just have to know that there's a God who is on your side, even, even in those moments where our circumstances would suggest otherwise. And so I, I just hope that if you're wrestling with that, that's just a little, little reminder um, that, that you are worth it. You are loved. Amen to that. All right. Well, that wraps up the podcast for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to check us out on social media at Eden the Church. And 
stay tuned on these podcasts because we're also going to be uploading all the messages week to week. Daniel and I will try our best to record these every once in a while to follow up with different message series or if there's things that we want to continue to provide additional material from. But thanks again for tuning in.